People come up to me all the time, Cuban, and go, tell me marijuana is a gateway drug. And I go, nope. Really? It's trauma. We've only just got into trauma over the last 10, 10 years of what trauma actually does to us. You know, and, and we see it all the time when a girl comes and goes, Dr. Rob, why do I keep attracting that guy who turns out to be an alcoholic and ends up beating me? I go, what's your parents like? Well, my, oh, it's like learned behavior that we think is normal. And as we go over a 10, 20, 30 year period, you can see that pattern happening again and again. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners, fans, subscribers, and friends. We talk about a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, societal, and cultural perspective. We believe that in tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. So subscribe to our channel, rate, review, and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibboy Cooper. I'm so excited that you are here today. We are going to be talking about a topic today that is very, very important as we start uh, and move into our new series. Um, so uh, today we're going to be talking about success after setbacks. Now, we've covered a lot of things on Empower You Podcast. Um, all of them are designed to help us overcome some of the common barriers that stop us for, or deter us um, from reaching our full potential and actually um, moving into the space or the calling or the purpose, uh, the career, whatever it is that you truly desire to be. And one of the things that we have to be okay with and even expect is to encounter setbacks. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. And we have with us a tremendous guest who is going to provide so much value um, and their personal story is just absolutely incredible. So um, we're going to, today we have uh, Dr. Rob Kelly. He's the CEO and founder of the Rob Kelly Recovery Group. He's addiction, he's an addiction recovery specialist, a national certified recovery coach, a mu musician. Um, he is absolutely incredible. Super excited to have him here with us. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and bring him right on up. Dr. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. So before we dive into these questions, man, um, I would love to just hear a little bit about you um, and let our audience know uh, who you are. I know who you are. I've done research. I've watched all your stuff, but I want them to know and uh, get a proper introduction to who you are. So tell us about you. My name is Dr. Rob Kelly. They call me the addiction doctor. As you can tell by my accent, I live in San Antonio, Texas, but I'm actually from Manchester in the United Kingdom. I've been over here for 15 years. And, and what we do is, is uh, we, we um, treat alcoholism and we treat addiction and we treat trauma and, and we treat depression. And uh, I kind of studied the brain over the last 10, 15 years. So neuroplasticity is what we specialize in, which might sound like a big word, but basically it's changing thought patterns. It's remapping neural pathways to success. Because when we look at alcoholism as a whole, it's only got 1% alcohol, when we talk about alcoholism and drugs are 1% of drug addiction. What it is, we go back and we look at our, our thought patterns, our behavior, our trauma and our childhood, which put us in the position today. So we work with an array of people from A-list football stars, movie stars, musicians, to you know normal people who have normal nine to five jobs. And we love what we do because we do what we love. That's right. Oh my goodness. You said it's only 1%. So this idea that we have about folks who are struggling with addictions and stuff, this, this, this dirty frame of mind that we have about them, I feel like, I feel like it's dirty. I feel like we, we definitely push, put them down. You're saying it's only really 1% of the actual issue that they're facing? Yeah, the alcohol and the drugs are just a symptom. What's the problem? Why do we keep self-sabotaging? Because that's what it is. It's a form of self-sabotage ah. that we do to ourselves. So we can build like a, this future up and then we smash it down. Oh, you know, wow. we use drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, but it's the symptom. It's not the problem. The problem is 
deep down inside from trauma from childhood, and we'll get into trauma shortly, um, is that we never think we're good enough. We never think, you know, I always say to people, guys, if you're listening to this or watching this at home, you don't think you're good enough, you don't think you're amount to anything, and you don't think you're worth anything, I want to apologize to you guys because yeah. somebody's put that there. We are born with million dollar minds. Stop hanging around 10 cent minds. So when you say self-sabotage, so that's the whole process of getting better and relapsing and getting better and relapsing and, and not being able to stay clean. It's this idea that I'm not good enough to be clean. I'm not good enough to bounce back from this. Is that, is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. There's a part in our brain called the basal ganglia, and it's kind of our reposition, strength, and confirms part of the brain. The more we do something, the more we get better. At it. So a pilot needs 10,000 hours in the air before he can get his license. It's kind of that thing going around. The problem is with addiction, uh, because alcoholics are born, drug 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 addicts are made. Mm. I know it sounds crazy, but we're chinked. This is chinked. So what we do is we try and be our best. We go to school. We're never good enough. We get setbacks in school. You know, we try and get a job. We don't get it. Self-sabotage. And for me, that's alcohol. And that needs to be changed. And then you've got the hypothalamus at the back of the head. Just sewing that bicep, guys, in case anybody's interested. <laughs> uh, the hypothalamus at the back of the head at a certain point, this is why alcoholics are born, tells normal people to drink water and eat food to survive. It tells the alcoholic to drink alcohol. If you ask any true alcoholic, he'll say, I went weeks or months, no food, no water, just alcohol, because my brain is telling me to do that. Wow. And all that's based on a predisposition, uh, hereditary, passed down from family, and the biggest gateway drug in the world, which is trauma. Wow. You said trauma is the biggest gateway drug. That is... Oh, yeah. People come up to me all the time, Kevin, and go, tell me marijuana is a gateway drug. And I go, nope. Really? It's trauma. We've only just got into trauma over the last 10, 10 years of what trauma actually does to us. You know, and we see it all the time when a girl comes and goes, Dr. Rob, why do I keep attracting that guy who turns out to be an alcoholic and ends up beating me? I go, what's your parents like? Well, my, oh, it's like learned behavior that we think is normal because we don't know your peers, our caregivers, that's the normal life we know. And we take that throughout our life. And as we go over a 10, 20, 30 year period, you can see that pattern happening again and again. What we do, is we wipe that pattern out and we remold the brain and the neural pathways. So now, and quantum physics tells us this, I can do anything in the world that I want. I can be anybody. If you want to earn a million dollars, that's the easy part. Keeping it, being sane and giving back and being just good with yourself, that's the hard bit. Please, I get, I get guys a couple of years ago always come up and go, you could be anybody you want. Well, I can't be president of the United States. Well, today, I beg to differ. We had a businessman running the country. Despite your political views, a businessman, don't tell me that you can't go to that CEO job. Don't tell me that you can't become that pro athlete. The only person stopping you is you. Yeah. Wow, man. I got so many questions right off the back. Um, but I'm going to back you up. I'm going to back you up, man. First, you know, one of the things that you haven't talked about is your incredible gifts with music. You know, you are a, a, a celebrated musician. You, you, you played music at the legendary Abbey Road Studios. Like, tell me about your childhood a little bit and some of your earlier experiences with music because I want to see you know I got some ideas about you I'll be honest so I want to see you know whether any of this is right um and so that that's my first question for you like tell me about your earliest experiences with music well when I was two or three uh, my uncle I come from a musical family uncle played in bands um, my auntie played in bands and eventually collaborated but uh, remember him coming home one day because he, he's broke up with his wife and he lived with us for a bit and every night he would get his guitar and he would practice the songs that he was playing weekend and I was intrigued by this guitar thing so on my fourth or fifth birthday my my parents bought me a bass guitar it was secondhand. It was expensive to them because I come from a poor family. But they bought me this bass guitar. That bass guitar never left me unless I got in the shower or the bath. I went to the restroom on it. I walked around the house with it. I went to bed with it. And I went to be a master because I have this that addictive personality. You've got to remember that. So I'm either all good at something or I don't touch it. 
I've never played basketball. I never will. Why? Because I know I'll be terrible. But this was it. And I, and I played the bass guitar. And uh, eventually my auntie and uncle said, come on, at the age of nine, come on, you're good enough to stand on stage with us. And when I stood on stage for the first time, I realized that I wanted to be a pro musician for the rest of my life. And it just it snowballed from there. We had, we had our own band, 16, 17. But when I was about 17, somebody told me to audition for this recording studio. Strawberry uh, Studios owned by 10CC. I didn't know that at the time uh, because they pay more than, than gigging. So I went down and I passed the audition and I'd do 30 minute slots. I'd do three of them for radio and TV commercials and they would pay me 10 times the money. And I thought to myself, huh, yeah, this is where I'm, this is the future for me, you know, because I'm not carrying gear and up and down the stairs and getting on at 2 a.m. So that's what I did. And, and when I was 16, I was earning more money than my father and I was only working, you know, six, seven hours a week. I saw an advertisement for Abbey Road and I went there. I had seven auditions uh, for that, but I was drinking heavily during that, but I still got the position. And I've been lucky enough to play with David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, Elton John, all them great guys of the late 70s, early 80s who, who passed through Abbey Road. So what would happen if, if somebody got a recording contract uh, you don't get paid for the first mm. year. So these bands would come in and, and, and do the first album, let's say for Sony. And then when they get paid, a couple of them will go crazy with drugs and alcohol. So now the second album needs to be made and the bass players wasted somewhere in Spain. That's when they call people like me and say, come in, can you session for these six songs? And we go, yeah. Then what they say to you is, okay, let's say for instance, you get $100 for the session. It's an hour long, you get $100. And we put a mention on the album which that song may or may not get onto the album. Or we give you $250 an hour with no mention. I'm taking the 250 every day. <laughs> so that's how the recording musician works. You know, it's, if you're getting with the right people, which I did, and eventually they fired me for that, for being drunk every day and, and high on cocaine. I mean, who the hell can get fired from the music <laughs> industry for drinking alcohol and taking drugs? I mean, it's, it's outrageous, but... Yeah, I started, started to wear and tear on me by then, but yeah, I've lived an incredible life. I've also paid, a, as I'm going to get into, I paid a big price for a lot of stuff I did, but yeah, I, I'm an all or nothing guy. Yeah, so one of one of the things I was wondering, you know, because being a, 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 you know, a creative person, um, you know, I, I often think that it's a gift and a curse, right? We see things, hear things differently. But what I am noticing in my own life and then also in the life of others is that a lot of very, very creative people tend to be very imbalanced, right? Um, and maybe I'm only saying this because I only, I know a lot of creative people, right? So maybe that's just where this, this comes from. But do you feel like music created even more of an addictive personality in you the, the the euphoria from performances the 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 just music in general and the different moods and the energy that it has um i know for myself performance can be wildly addicting because you just the process the the applause the the recognition all of that can become uh, a, a huge uh, um, high in of itself. So, do you feel like music aided your your addiction? A hundred percent. And I'll, I'll put it like this, so everyone can understand. You just mentioned being on stage. When you when you're on stage in front of thousands of people, it there's no other feeling like it. it. It overwhelms any drug you can even mention, any alcohol. It's the best thing in the world because you're getting every every need met on stage. What happens when you come off stage though? Drop. You go back to the dressing room, you get your guitar and you walk out and nobody recognizes you. You get to the car and you you self-sabotage. You know, well, I wasn't that good. You know, no, I told you nobody even knows who I am. Alcohol, drugs, every single time for me because I have the predisposition to alcohol. So once I touched alcohol, all bets were off. So that's why I would say it was more addicting. And I had some crazy times with, with alcohol and drugs, with, with other musicians I'm not gonna mention, but I had some good times, man. I mean, you know, when you when you sat in the penthouse suite at a Savoy Hotel with Elton John and, uh, and a couple of other musicians who were using and drinking, I mean, I gotta think to myself, does life get any better than this? <laughs> right, right, that's wild, man. And I think that's so true too, because 
the amount of validation that comes from being on stage, from being good at sports or being good at music, it's just, it's just different. I think that's wild, man. If you listen to the Fleetwood Mac song, because when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, it's players only love you when they're playing. Do you know what I mean? That the crowd only loves you when you're doing your stuff. You come off stage, apart from a few groupies, no one really cares. I mean, if you're in the top 10 and a huge multi-million dollar band, it's different. Uh, but I think, you know, if, you, if you're just doing it part-time or even for a living, but you're on the lower ends, yeah. And, and just going back to what you said, because I thought it was brilliant, is there's a fine line between madness and brilliance, especially in the music industry. You know, if you if you look at the Beatles, for instance, most of their good stuff was done on LSD. You know, there's a fine line between madness and genius. I think every genius pays the price. This is what I've seen in the music industry and also the, the film industry, not so much with sports, but the A-listers of some of the biggest movies ever made is that fine line. So what happens is you see this guy making this movie and it's the best thing in the world and it's a box office seller. And then you watch him off, off film back at home and he starts to self-destruct because the madness starts and the madness is who the hell do you think you are? You're not that good. You know, I got to tell you up front, I have never watched any of my TV programs. I have never read my book. I have never lived into podcasts for radio. I don't do it. And the reason why I do it, Kibwe, is because I might start believing that stuff. Wow. And that's dangerous for me. Wow. Mm. You said every genius pays a price. I think that yes. is very, very interesting. When I was in uh, school, I went to school for audio for creative arts. So audio for film, TV, writing jingles, composing uh, uh, music. One of the things that my um, that my instructor told me, and I've never forgot, is that you know genius is very volatile. It, it yes. you can be super good yes. at things, and the more good you are at it, the more easily you will you will lose yourself in it uh, in some area of your life, and that's why a lot of musicians kind of lose their minds or, or or well, people don't believe them. People, I mean, you must have the same. I just heard you say something. You have these ideas, and you see and you hear people, you know, looks like mad people do. Yeah. You know, that insanity brings yeah. that. But you hear, and unless you get lucky, and someone goes, "Oh, we can do something with that," you balance on that rejection side all the time. Yeah. And what happens with the brain in the subconscious brain with that rejection and abandonment is you start to doubt yourself. And once them self-sabotaging neural pathways are solidified, it's downhill from oh, there. Wow. I'm telling you, it's very hard to get back from there. And that's what we do. We remap them brains to get back. But yeah, I, I know some geniuses that are mad or were mad. And I've, I mean, you've got to remember that I've worked with 7,000 patients. I'm not just talking about 10 people. I'm talking about, so I've got a wide view of this. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to stick my neck out and I don't want to embarrass yeah. you. Here. But I would say you're a genius at what you do, but you suffer in, in, a, in, a, in a side of your life nobody sees for that genius. Uh, Am I right? Uh, yeah, you're right, bro. Yeah. You're right. I, I operate and I create the things that I see in my head. And so until they begin to materialize, more times than not, I'm going off of my internal knowing, which makes sense to nobody else generally. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you a, a quick story and then I got more questions for you. So I left a job that, um, that I was working at and for all intents and purposes, it was a good job, right? Um, but it was impeding my ability to do my podcast, to run my business, to do all these other kind of things. And I was like, yo, I know how to, how to hustle and do what I need to do. And so I left that job, you know, months and months go by. You know, I nearly, you know, shipwrecked, really, you know, nearly lost my house. Um, I got into really, really bad financial situations. Um, and then my mental health went down. I, I got to some scary, dark places. And, you know, and that's when I began to practice even more faith and, and more belief in myself and things like that. And things have eventually continued to to not only climb, but stabilize, right? You know, you're starting to pull together the pieces. But what I'm noticing, even in business, even in pursuing anything, is that most people are not willing to go down far enough to go up high enough. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Every story you yeah. can mention with somebody, somebody had to do that. You see, if you chase, what I've seen, when you chase the money, you miss the dream. When you chase the dream, the money's always there. 
It's that dream that we miss, you know, I've got to make this, I've got to make that, I've got to make that. If you are 100% determined and 100% know your worth, and here's another thing as well, we never know our worth. Like if me and you could swap places now for three minutes, you'd, you'd be a multimillionaire within a year. Because you don't see what I see. You don't see what other people see. Because we're getting our own heads and the self-sab, oh, you're not good enough, you're not that good, who do you think you are? You know, last night you did this, nobody said it, oh my God, da da da, da bang. You're full-blown self-sabotage. While we're in that frame of mind, because the mind sits inside the brain, when we're in that self-sabotage mind, up it goes into the brain, self-sabotage, central nervous system, we're done. There's nothing you can do. So it's knowing, you know, doctors and counselors call me all the time. And they go, Dr. Rob, listen, just starting this, how much should I charge an hour? You know, how much, what do you reckon? What, how much, say, how much are you worth? It blows the mind, me. I charge $1,000 an hour. Isn't that outrageous? No, it's what I'm worth. What are you worth? Once you find out your worth, once you find out your niche and why you are on this earth, because you're on this earth for a reason, believe me. And if, you, if you're at home going, there's no way, trust me, you just haven't found your niche, then everything you want, if you want success, it'll be there. If you want fame, it'll be there. But we have to be in the frame of mind. And if anyone out there is a God, spiritual, universe person, you have to go through these trials and tribulations and hit the low before you can go high. Otherwise, how do we know we're living high when we've never been low? What comes overnight goes overnight. You ask any boy band, in a boy they're playing on stage, they're getting $20 an hour, they don't know. When they stop playing, the limelight goes half and commit suicide or go insane. Wow. Wow, what starts overnight leaves overnight. That's amazing. Oh yeah, it's that's it. You've got to. It's like going to be a, a pilot again. You need ten thousand hours. Me and you need ten thousand hours. I I was I was in, I had a ranch in Dallas and, and brought people. I can't tell you who the patient was, but um, we got we got a telephone call and a knock on the door. And my hero was at the door, and that hero was Dr. Dre. And I opened the door and there he was visiting my patient. I got, I was lucky enough to sit down with him for a few hours and talk about genius. I mean, forget everything you see, talk about genius mind. But then he talked about, you know, the, 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 the marriage and, and, and the relationships are suffering and this is suffering and everyone wants Dre and everyone's this and everyone's that. It's like, what are you when the lights go off? Who are you when the lights go off? That's what you have to concentrate on. The lights are always going to be there. But if you lose yourself, there's a clue to the patient. If you lose yourself, you'll never be at the top where you want to be. That's incredible, man. Oh my God, that's incredible, bro. That is, and, and, and I think that's the, the, the cycle of genius, right? It's these extreme highs and extreme lows, which is why a lot of people don't pursue their dreams because they're just afraid of that tumultuous journey of, of all of that incredible, intense feeling of letting people down, of feeling let down, of feeling like you let yourself down, of incredible accomplishments. Yeah, not you made know? it, no yeah. money, you know? It's yeah. like, again, you can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to pay the price. That's what it comes down to, you know? Geniuses and amazing musicians, you know, you see musicians all the time. Can you play better than them? Yep. Can you mix better? Yep. You know, can you MC better? Yep. Why are they famous and you're not? They actually believed in themselves that they could do this. And you, the more talented guy, went, uh, I don't know. Thank you for listening to Empower You Podcast. I just wanted to take a second and tell you about a brand new podcast on the Creative Podcast Network. The Guru Guide to Podcasting podcast is for coaches, consultants, service-based businesses that are looking to beat the social media algorithms, uh, create more revenue in their business and an audience of their ideal clients so that they can have more valuable conversations, impact more businesses, more clients, and ultimately create more income and more freedom in their business. So if that's you and you're looking to build an audience of your ideal clients, you're looking to take back your time in your business, in your life, and uh, generate more income while doing it, you can start your very own profitable business podcast and we'll show you exactly how to do it. So click the link and visit the Guru Guide to Podcasting podcast and we'll talk to you when you get there. Okay, back to the episode. 
might have to stay in this job. I've got to pay the rent. You know, my girlfriend's pregnant, and and we get bowed down. And, and I'll t- I'll tell you something. When I was a kid, I used to kick football in the street with my friends, and the conversation went like this: Rob, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a soccer player. Billy, what about you? I want to be an astronaut. What happened to them dreams? I'll tell you. They got kicked out of us by our family and our friends. Don't be so stupid, Rob. I was in Dallas with a bunch of guys. I said to them once, "I'm thinking of writing a book, guys." And one went, "Don't be stupid. You can't do that." And the other one went, "You can't do it. You've got to be an author." Don't be this was ten years ago. Don't be so stupid. I moved to San Antonio two years ago. I got a new bunch of friends. And one day I said to them, "Thinking of writing a book." They went. We thought you already had books out. I would definitely buy that. So I wrote a book. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Wow, wow, that's so 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 good. Association dictates behavior, dictates aspiration. You know, that's 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 amazing. So so that's the creative, right? So we 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 got a picture of who and how and how what what introduced you to this world of crazy creativity extreme highs and lows when did you start to shift and say i want to study psychology i want to study the human brain i want to uh um, help other people uh, with their recovery did all of that happen at once did you start to study the brain first and then because from what i'm understanding you know you were having these significant challenges the entire way through school how are you managing that what's that story like what 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 tell me about that well, I always, I was always interested in the way we think, just because I thought differently. Like if I if I hear a song on the radio, and this is when I'm nine or ten, I get home, I pick my guitar up, and I can play it. And I'm like, why can't you play that? And they go, no, no, Rob, that's that's genius. And I go, that's, I don't understand. So I was always interested. So when I was at Abbey Road, I was earning a fortune. A contact of a contact through the Freemasons in England, which is very secretive, got me a, a position at Green's College, Oxford. So I went to Oxford University. So the, the only thing was available was uh, med school or psychology. So I first went for med school. That's a six month. They kicked me out for being too drunk every day. And they said, you've got two choices, psychology, PhD, or you leave. So I took the psychology and it went from there now after oxford and after my success with everything i did a millionaire porsches bentley's million dollar houses then i lost it all from alcoholism and it's when i was on the streets because when i was on the streets i met doctors i met scientists i met footballers who were all homeless and that's when i started to think why isn't what's what's people doing about addiction why has nobody got an answer? I went to my doctor and I said, you know, I'm drinking too much. Yes, you're an alcoholic. My studies, alcoholism is the only self-diagnosed illness in the world. Nobody tells me that. 10 DUIs don't make you an alcoholic. It's how my brain and central nervous system act when I put that chemical. So I'm not allergic to alcohol. I'm actually allergic to the ethanol in alcohol. So once I found out this on the street, I went I went full blow. I said, I said to God, if you ever get me off the streets, I will spend the rest of my life helping addicts, alcoholics, depressed people, trauma, and their families get well. And on the streets, I had a spiritual awakening. And I remember somebody saying to me, uh, Isaiah 61. I never read the Bible. I don't know what the Bible is. My my Catholic priest molested me when I was at six. I'm, I'm not going nowhere near the Bible. But when I looked up many years later, Isaiah 61, it says to bring healing to the people and good news to their families. And that's when I knew that I had to change the world when it comes to addiction. And that's what I did. I don't think anybody, well, up to about three years ago, has done as much research as I have and as knowledgeable about addiction than I am because I was just passionate about this stuff. And again, the addicted personality if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna be the best in the world. I call myself the best in the world today. Prove me wrong, I can't. But in my head, I'm the best in the world. I'm knowledgeable, you know, I'm passionate about what I do. And right now I'm sat actually in my music room in the house, uh, which I still do. I've got drums, guitars, PAs, mics, mixing desk, everything like that, you know, because I still want that creative side. But my main, my main gig today, is remapping brains wow. for success. Wow, man, that is, that's huge. You know, and, 
And, and, and again, you know, the commonality is those extreme lows, man, that wipe people out. They bail before they even get there. You know, and then you have people like yourself um, who, who have been fortunate enough, and I know that sounds crazy, but who have been fortunate enough to experience the, how extreme your lows can be and to survive. Six times, Gabriel. Six times I tried to commit suicide on two occasions. It worked and my heart stopped and they brought me back on the side of the road. I tried jumping off buildings. I tried tying myself to railway tracks. I started sitting my left still, still got the scars today. It's like I couldn't die. See, what happens today when, let's say, you come up to me and you see the big house and the cars and everything that I love today. I love driving a $200,000 car. Why wouldn't I? I can afford it cash. I'm not going, you're not going into debt for it. But when someone comes to me and go, yeah, what do you know, Dr. Rob, in your big house? What do you know about suicide and homelessness? And I can sit them down and go, let me tell you about my homelessness. And they go, what? You were homeless? So their lows... Mine was here. They're heading down that way. But when they, when they get to me and I tell them about Milo, then they go, you recovered from this? Oh, easy, man, easy. Let me tell you, I know the way out. I've actually been there. I know how to get out of this stuff. And then what happens is they get lifted and go on for success because they've seen the success. You know, if you walked into a room with 10 people with a smile on your face, 10, 10 people will smile back. If you walked in with the same 10 people with a frown on your face, most people frown back. It's the mirroring part of the brain. So that connection is, hey, I've actually been there. Let me show you the way out of this. Let me tell you how good. I have to compliment three people every day. I have to bless someone monetary every time I leave the house. When I compliment somebody, dopamine's released into my brain. When I when I financially gift somebody, whether it be a hundred dollars, thousand, whatever it is, I give somebody, dopamine's released into my brain. This is about giving back to other people. 25% of our work is pro bono. We give $150,000 back into the community for people who want to get their life back, the one-parent families who want to see the kids, they can't afford the courts and the attorneys. Every single dime spent on my book, and I don't mean the profits, I mean every single dime spent on that book goes back out into the communities around America to help these people and go, look, I want everybody and people don't believe when I say this. I want everybody to be more successful than I am. I'm not one of them guys who want to keep people down and go, oh, I don't want you to be good as me. I want you to be better than me. You know, and, and everybody can. We don't know our worth and we don't believe we can do it. Wow. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. And I think it's really interesting that you break it down. Um, even, even the charitable things, you know, like mo molecularly, you're satiating yourself by being good to others. That's why the law of reciprocity and universal laws are so powerful because you're literally interacting with the with the you know quantum physics that we all live in, which is that we are all co-creating our reality. And so when you're putting good out, you're creating that same flow that comes back and blesses you in return and allows you to bless other people. You know, you act as a conduit. And so I think that's just really, really very uh, keen that you brought that up. You know, what do you feel like has been one of your biggest breakthroughs uh, um, since, since coming off of the streets, right? Because you had all this success, you start spinning out, right? Self-sabotage, you're drinking all the time, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're losing control and that sends you back downward. What's been the breakthrough that has allowed you to stay where you are at this point? I, I, I think, I mean, looking back on my life and the struggles and the coming out of it, that I used to say impossible. You know, you could do this, Rob, impossible. And then somebody said to me once, he did this to me. I mean, what are you doing? So I'm throwing something at you, catch it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Catch that apostrophe I just threw at you and put it between the I and the M and say, I'm possible. That was huge for me. And then the study of quantum physics to say that if I visualize it here, I can 100% hold it here. 100%. Never seen people not do it. So I think that was the biggest shift. And then in current life today, it's about being able to give back my time, 
my energy, my money, uh, my people, the other day, can I borrow your car? Yeah, of course you can. I said, I was only joking. I can't borrow, borrow it, man. It's a car. What's wrong with you? You'll give me more pleasure here if you take it than it sat in the garage for the next four days. I mean, what? I don't know. I just, I love people today and I love people seeing success and it, it breaks my heart every time I see a lady, a woman losing her kids or a father losing access to his kids because of this disease or the depression or the, or the trauma. I hate, it breaks my heart. I will work 24 hours a day if I have to. I will give you the shirt off my back to, to, to help you up. I will stand with your disease or depression toe-to-toe -to -toe and fight toe-to-toe -to -toe with it until we get you out of that place and you realize your worth and you can do this. I've had many battles with diseases, depressions, traumas, because you're not, you're not strong enough to fight. Let me fight for you. I'm pretty good at fighting. Boom. I'm pretty good at fighting. I might be 60 years old, but I'm still good at fighting. I will fight toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And, and the empowerment you get off that self, not the ego, the ego went when they took my children off me, the empowerment that God has empowered me to do this to human beings is still mind-blowing today. Wow. Wow, that's incredible, man. And I love how you have really changed, you know, you've really changed focuses, you know, because you think about music and musicianship um, is about giving, but you're giving so that you can receive all of this adoration all of this validation, you know, from the audience and you're getting it by the thousands, you know, because of all the people clapping for you and things like that. So musicianship and artistry can create a very selfish um, cycle if you're not careful because you're always expecting people to love on you. And so now it seems like you have changed that into being a very uh, giving uh, 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 process to where you're not looking for validation. You're seeking to give validation in order to. Yes, I like repair, so true. I like that. You know, re wow. repair that that brokenness, you know, that is causing these. I got right now. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But it's, it's so true. You know, I've, I know my worth today and I have done for many years. Uh, I just want you to know yours. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. And beautiful, about uh, four years ago, um, uh, my uh, friend of a friend's father died. And uh, he came to me and he, and he said, look, I've got this letter. You know, I have this vision that my dad is up there and he sends me this letter, a letter from heaven. And uh, he tells us, don't worry. And he went through stuff and I went, I can write a song about that. It's like, what? The funeral's like in four days, I will write a song and even more, and I'll play it at the funeral. So I wrote a song, Letters from Heaven. And it talks about, you know, yeah, certainly do this. It talks about missing the kids, but it's gonna be okay because I'm still looking after you. And you know, don't think you can't succeed now because I'm still there in spirit. And I wrote this song and I played it on acoustic guitar. I took all my stuff and I played it, man. And there was about hundred people there and everybody was crying, you know, and it was just it's giving back, man. You know, we all have talents, and I think you know, looking at the monetary side, an old man many years ago told me, he said, Rob, let me tell you something now. You will never go broke by giving it away. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Seems to be true. Seems to be true. You'll yeah. never go broke by giving it away. We Somebody came into the house a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, and they were desperate, man. I mean, they were just family being thrown out the rental apartment, blah, blah. I said, how much do you need? And he said, no, no, no. I said, how much do you need? He said, man, I... I need $10,000. I mean, I just know. I said, you got it. He's like, what? I said, I cut the money. we took the money out cash, me and my wife, and we gave it to the family. You go on, you start building a life and doing what you got to do, which today, by the way, financially secure. He's got a job. She, unbelievable. But two days later, we got a check from the Inland Revenue we was not expecting for $15,000. <laughs> wow. Always happens. Wow. It's crazy. Always happens. Wow, wow, wow. That's incredible, man. So I have, a, I have a question for you, and then I want us to move into this thought exercise because, you know, it's great to, to, to talk about, you know, where, what happened and where we are now, you know, but I want to do two things. The first thing I want to do is to give our listeners a real practical uh, um, dashboard, I will, I'll say, of where you are right now. If you're listening to this, and you're struggling with some addiction, whether it be mental, emotional, uh, some cycle that you're stuck in, 
you know, we have an expert in front of us right now, and I want you to give us um, some kind of uh, um, help, right? Where, how do we tell if we're kind of spinning out? How do we tell if we're early enough to stop ourselves from bottoming out? What are our resources? What is the next step? Because I know for me, when I started to really um, start to really kind of lose my way with drinking and stuff, I just started to realize that every single day I was doing this. Every single day I needed to level out, um, to, to mask my pain, to get to that happy stage or whatever that is. So what are some tell signs that, listen, it's time to back up and it's time to start looking at some help? First of all, if you are in that position, communication is the key. First of all, you've got to speak to somebody. But before that, you'll find yourself isolating. You'll find yourself staying at home, staying in your apartment. Even if you've got a family, you won't come down for dinner anymore. So that's a big sign. Watch for that sign. Uh, the unkempt, you know, I've not shaved for four days. I don't really care. Big red flag. You've got to really look out for that. And uh, unhappiness, man. Everybody deserves to be happy. So if you're living in this world and you're drinking alcohol because alcohol is a depressant, you're drinking alcohol and you're still in this crazy headspace, you can get out of it easy, I'm telling you. And I'm going to do something now that's going to shock a lot of people. But <clears throat> if you are in that place and you are sat at home and you are thinking, I can't do this, and you're thinking that you're never good enough, you're dying, you're drinking too much, all you need is a 10-minute pep talk. And I'm going to give you that pep talk. So if you're sat at home with this mindset that I'm, I'm, I'm spiraling out, I can change your mind in 10 minutes over the phone. Okay? So I'm going to give you a pep talk that will change your life. Otherwise, I'm going to send you $100. So here's my personal cell phone number, guys. Text me first because I'm obviously I'm busy. 214-600-0210. And if you're really struggling, you text that number and I will call you back and I will give you a 10 minute pep talk that will make your life unbelievable and you'll go on to succeed. I guarantee you. And like I said, if I don't, I'll send you a hundred dollars. It's a win-win situation for you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so, so good. And I think for a lot of us, especially, you know, those of us who are in our creative spaces, we can thrive off of our alone time, but we gotta be careful because it's like, oh, well, I just don't like people. I like to chill out by myself. I've used this excuse a lot in my own life. Oh, I just like to chill. I, you know, I duck out of parties early. I arrive when I arrive. I leave, you know, like I kind of, I call it ninja in and ninja out, you know? Um, but it was masking and it has in the past masked a lot of the pain that I've been experiencing and or dealing with. And so I encourage anybody who's listening to this, especially my my extroverted introverts who got to be out and perform for work and stuff. But truly, you desire a lot of alone time. Watch yourself. Be in constant communication with somebody who can tell your signs and who will have uncomfortable conversations with you. I ducked a lot of We're communicating animals, you know, we have to communicate. We have to feel touch here. That's why the isolation with the with the pandemic caused so many problems. Suicides were up by 32 percent. Marriages split, you know, all this stuff we need to. We did a research on, on death row here in the prison in Texas. And uh, I know they don't, you know, execute a lot of people a year. But from the studies that we do, it's um, probably about. 89% of people by the time they got to the chair were, were, were insane. And the reason that we're insane is because you we were kept in isolation for years. You cannot stay in isolation. You have to get out. Make yourself going out. So what I challenge you to do, first of all, let's start loading the subconscious brain for them guys who are isolating. You get up in the morning, you go to the mirror in your bathroom and say, I love you 10 times. I love you. I love you. Look in the face. It won't mean anything, it'll look embarrassing, but we're storing the subconscious brain. The next thing we do is we write five things that we're gonna accomplish that day. And three of them has to be outside the house. Five things. Now, if you check all them five things off by the time evening comes, you've had an amazing day and you're stepping forward in whatever you wanna succeed. But there's a bad side to it. If you've only checked three or four off, you've taken a step back into the isolation and madness and you will never succeed with threes and fours. Every successful person 
every person that's done anything with their life and for others has a routine. Mm -hmm. Anybody you can mention, it's all about routine because our brain lies to us. That's why it has to go down on paper. Well, tomorrow I'm going to do this, 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 this. Never are you going to do it because the brain, ah, you know, it's it's to get it down on pen to paper. There's a correlation between the brain, the hand, the pen and the paper. It's like you can't take it back once it's wrote with your hand. It's personal. And you get them five things done every single day and you watch your life take off. Wow, that's so, 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 so good. I had a coach who always calls it, um, you have to do your morning success ritual. You know, he's just like, you gotta do it. He was like, it changes everything. So the, this constant correlation to having a strong morning routine um, is so, 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 so good, man. So listen, you know, let's let's jump into this thought exercise. I don't want to keep you too much longer, um, but I would love to get a thought exercise. And that's basically, you know, anything that you enjoy sharing, whether it's a poem, whether it's a, a thought or an exercise that you do. Um, what can we start doing right now? Um, you already gave us the, the 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 strategy on how to survive our uh, introverted ways and 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 identify if we're on a downward spiral. But what's something else that we can do to help ourselves not only bounce back from setbacks and and feeling like we're not worthy or not worth it because yet again we've self sabotaged? You know, what's something that we can do right now um, at as this episode concludes to start taking and reclaiming ourselves back two things we're going to do guys okay so first of all when you get up in the morning i'm going to ask you to go to the bathroom and brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand what that does is it tricks the brain into this is something new but you've also accomplished it just like making your bed so do that for for two or three weeks also when you've done that you get dressed make time for this guys I want you to spend between two and five minutes. I know it's a long time when you sat there. I want you to sit down, kneel down, whatever you got to do. And I want you to meditate and just think about how empowered that God has made us. How empowered, unique. There's nobody like me. There's nobody like you. We're all individually different. And think about this. While you're sat at home, wallowing in whatever stuff you're wallowing in, There's thousands of people out there dying, waiting for you to get your stuff together, waiting for you. Because if you don't think you are chosen, my friends, you are wrong. Once you spend that time dominant, do the I love yous, write the five things out every day, I guarantee that your life will take off. And I'll also guarantee, one more thing, compliment three people every day. Hey, nice shirt. Oh, good. Hey, you look amazing today. And if you don't think that has that effect on anybody, right? Okay. Check this out. When you see somebody with a pair of sneakers on that look good and you don't know when you pass them in the street, go, hey man, nice sneakers. And he'll go, oh, thank you. And then walk past each other, turn around and watch him. He'll be looking down at his sneakers two or three times. You just made that guy's day and in in turn, you're making your day. Every success, as small as it is, the subconscious brain will take in. And do you know when all the I love yous and the good stuff and the meditate, do you know how it comes into fruition? When you go for that job, that car, that house, that girl. Because that'll come forward and instead of going, well, I'm not too sure to go, yeah, I'm confident. I love myself today. I can do anything I want to do. And you walk in that interview and you kill it. Why? Because we're all empowered. Find your empowerment and find your niche in life. If you want to be president of a company that you work in and you're a cleaner right now, Start visualizing that. Start taking steps. Hold your head up high when you walk. Stick your chest out a little bit. Be confident, but not cocky. When you talk, when you shake hands, be that confident person. And you, you can create your own life. People think, well, this is it for me. You know, I bought, no, I, I came up on, on, a, on the project, man. I came up with, with nobody. Nobody in my, in, my, in my family went to college, but they barely went to school. You know, but I had a thought pattern that was different to other people because I knew that I had something that I could share with the world. Everybody has that something. Don't chase the money. You will lose the dream. Wow. Man, listen, Dr. Rob, you have been absolutely incredible. To all of you all who are listening, 
Uh, this is Dr. Rob Kelly. He's an addiction specialist, a recovery specialist. He's the founder of the Rob Kelly Recovery Group. Um, you know, tell us where we can find you, where we can find your books, where people can reach out to you and send you thank you notes. Excellent. So uh, I spell my name with two B's, R-O-B-B-K-E-L-L-Y.com is the website. But Dr. Rob Kelly in any search engine and up I'll pop. Uh, Rob at robkelly.com is, is, is the uh, email. Hey, hey, listen, jump on the website. It, you know, you can buy the book there if you want. Like I say, every cent, we don't see any of that. It goes straight into a, a third-party account and goes out to people who need that stuff. You know, have a look around. If I can do anything for you, great. We're never going to sell you anything. You have to earn our services. You can't buy them. Just bear in mind, I'm the guy that turned Britney Spears down for a million dollars from her father because she wasn't ready. You know, nobody's going to sell you anything. We don't need your money. What we want to do is help. If you're if you're a wife or a, a girlfriend of a guy that's going through some bad stuff and you don't know where to turn, you call that number on the website. My wife will answer you and she will talk for hours with you. There's never going to be a charge and we're always going to be there for you. It's giving back all the time. Amazon, the book's almost there. And in Walmart, the book's always there as well. But uh, like I say, if you don't if you don't like it and you think, wow, that was $9 wasted, <laughs> send me a text and I'll refund your $9. Just give it to somebody else who you think might like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much, man. You have really poured into us. I am truly grateful. Um, and I can't wait to see the response to this. Um, you're fantastic. You're fantastic. Thank you for coming oh, in, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. As are you are. And, and I just want to say on, on that mindset as we go, um, that I, I, I want to recognize you, man, because I, I did some research, obviously. Uh, I don't want to go on just anyone that's going to self-sabotage <laughs> themselves. And I want to thank you, okay, on a personal note. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for helping hundreds of thousands of people with the ripple effect. Um, thank you for standing up, man. It, it's hard. Sometimes it's a lonely journey. You stood up. I, I admire you so much. You know, it, it, it's unreal. And, and I just want to appreciate you for a second and go, man, you're doing the right thing and people love you. And I know we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives, man. If you think you got rid of me in just 45 <laughs> minutes, there is no way. And listen, the last thing I want to say to you, if there is anything that I can do to raise up you your family or your business you make sure you call my number and me and you will talk thank you guys for listening hope you have a blessed week and remember we're born with million dollar minds stop hanging around 10 cent minds <laughs> y'all heard it first this is dr rob kelly kibway cooper we're done here thank you all so much for listening we'll talk to you guys again in another episode of empower you podcast until then take care of yourselves peace Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this episode because we would love to hear your takeaways from this discussion. And it helps us reach more listeners just like you. If you'd like daily audio video clips from the podcast, you can find Empower You Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.